Magazines and Monsters, Episode 35, DC Comics Presents, Number 8, from 1978. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Hey everybody, Billy D, a.k.a. Doc Strange here with another episode of Magazines and Monsters. Uh, this time I've got a brand new guest uh, to the show, so please welcome Jeremiah Jones Goldstein. How's it going, man? Excellent, excellent, Billy. How are you? I am fantastic. So... Uh, you and I have been following each other on Twitter for a while and you have a cool blog and we're going to talk about that. And we're also part of super blog team up. You know, if anybody doesn't know what that is, that's, you know, a collection of bloggers and podcasters that get together a few times a year and, you know, decide on a topic and then have an event and everybody kind of supports each other and, you know, does a real good job of, uh, kind of being like a little bit of an extended family of, uh, the comic books and, uh, our little kind of clicks of, groups of people on uh, Twitter too. You know, we have a nice group of people on Twitter. We all like interact with each other and everything's cool there, but you know, so that's how you and I know each other. But, uh, what about the book we're going to talk about today? So what is, we're going to talk about DC comics presents number eight from 1978. So this is a, a really crazy story, but I love crazy stories, but you know, the, one of the main figures in this story is uh, swamp thing. So, uh, what's your uh, history with swamp thing? Well, you know, I don't remember the first Swamp Thing comics I read. <clears throat> the, my brother probably picked them up. He's younger than me, but he got into the uh, uh, Vertigo line um, earlier than I did. But he, he probably had some uh, Alan Moore Saga Swamp Things um, laying around that I, I probably read. Those are probably the first things I read. Mm-hmm. And then just over the years, I've kind of been drawn to the character because he, he he's he's not he, he's in the hero realm, but he's not a Kate Crusader kind of hero. He's he's a different kind of um, dude. The horror aspect I like, you know, when I started reading the old stuff, um, you know, the Bernie Wrights and stuff, mm. uh, I really got into that. It's. He's just a, a different character that I don't know. Some I've just been following over the years. You know, I, mm-hmm. I really liked his the New Fifty Two run um, with the red and the green and the Animal Man crossovers. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when he shows up in you know in the event books and things like that. Uh, I don't. He, he's just somebody I've kind of not necessarily set out to collect, but over the years have kind of amassed a fair amount of swamp thing stuff (laughs) yeah yeah you and i were talking uh off mic uh, a little bit here and one of the things when i started getting into dc was okay well i'm thinking to myself what are some of the stories that you know are more of the critically acclaimed stuff and i was at a comic book shop and it was probably for you know either free comic book day or you know a, a sale or something like that around a holiday and they had uh these uh, smaller, they're smaller size trades. They're only about the size of like an iPad mini, maybe of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. So I was like, well, I, I know this stuff is supposed to be like super cool. And everybody's like, wow, that's really good stuff. So let me buy these. And I think there might be six volumes of it. And over a couple of sales, I bought all of them. And that was my introduction to Swamp Thing. So it was, you know, really a, you know, that's a really heavy read. You know, it's not just a, yeah. a surf, surface material kind of read. That's a heavier read, but I enjoyed it a lot. And then I, of course, thought, okay, 
you know, well, I'm going to go backwards and see where all this came from. But as you very well know, the back issue market has gone a little nutty in the last few years. So trying to get the original Swamp Things, you got to either look for reprints or trades. And uh, this past uh, November, December, I was uh, grabbed the uh, Swamp Thing uh, omnibus from the Bronze Age. So I've read the all the Ween and Rights and stuff, but not much past that. So I still have the rest of that volume. I think is in there. And I think all that volume too, you know, the stuff that preceded uh, Alan Moore's uh, work is in that omnibus too. So I'm really looking forward to reading that. Yeah. I, I like going back to that old stuff and looking at it and reading it. Um, I've read most of the Alan Moore run in those same, Mm -hmm. those same trades. I, I picked them up. I think it was a buy one, get one sale. And so it was, I think I got all six for the price of three of them. Nice. Uh, I haven't I haven't read them all yet. It's it, it like you said it is heavy. It's, it, those are heady books. It's not, you know, a one and done easy story like the Ween and Rights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I've read most of that. I've read a lot of the Bronze Age stuff. I've read the stuff in the 80s and, you know, like I said the New 52 stuff. I was reading that as it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like even the the new book, the the uh, Ram V book, that's really excellent. Mm, okay. Yeah, I read a little bit of the, uh, I don't know, what which, I'm trying to think of which volume it was that came out around like 2010, 2011. Wasn't there a newer volume that came out around there? I'm trying to think, but there was, there was definitely some issues around there. I had read uh, for uh, podcasting research. Somebody had me on their show and I covered an issue of Swamp Thing, you know, and it was a, a brand new DC that had just come out and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, I it, Swamp Thing in the hands of a talented writer, you, you can do a lot of different things with him, you know, whether he's the avatar or the green, whether he's, you know, controlling all the plant life in the universe or just a muck monster, you, you know, mm-hmm. He's a versatile character, so that, like I said, if if you got somebody good writing them, it, it can be really, really something enjoyable, even in new comics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, that early uh, Ween and Rights and stuff was interesting. It was almost like it, it did continue from issue to issue slightly with you know where Swamp Thing ended up and where he started in the new book. You know, there's a little yeah. bit of overlap there, but there almost could have been just like one shot stories, and they're like straight up horror stories too with you know, a little bit of a, you know, twist here and there in them. But yeah, those are almost like straight up horror stories. But yeah, you, you can't go wrong with Bernie Wrights and Len Wein. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, those two guys were something else. But uh, I'm sad to think about both of those guys are gone now. That's uh, now I'm bringing the show down here. I better stop that. OK, <laughs> well, so, yeah, here's, some, here's something good. Then <laughs> one of the guys I did get before they passed away was Bernie Wrightson. I got him to sign my uh, autograph book, and I bought a, a Swamp Thing print from him. And I think nice. it was—I think it might have been the year before he passed away. Yeah, I missed out on him as well. He was another guy that I saw at a show, and he wasn't incredibly busy. And I should have just taken the time to go right over there. But I'm like, yeah, I'll get there eventually, and eventually never happened. And yep, here we are. But I did get uh, to meet Len Wein. He was really cool. He was a nice guy. He was. I think he was ailing a little bit at the time because he was very quiet, but very nice guy. I got him to sign an issue of Thor that he wrote because uh, I love his uh, oh, Thor. Awesome. <laughs> I love his Thor that's run. Awesome. Yeah, he was he was cool. So, 
All right. So, yeah, like we said, DC Comics presents number eight from 1978. And uh, this is <laughs> the 60 deaths of Solomon Grundy. So you get Swamp Thing, Solomon Grundy and Superman uh, in this one, because obviously it's DC Comics presents, which was, you know, kind of a, a team up book with uh, Superman and somebody else, either a hero, a villain, whatever. But uh, so what did you think of the cover on this one? This is uh, JLGL on the cover of this one. This is a really good cover, right? I I love this cover. It's <clears throat> Superman is in a extremely and he's being restrained by Swamp Thing. You mm-hmm. don't know why, but it's a really dynamic pose. Like he he's being pulled back, but all his muscles are, are tight. Swamp Thing has a, a a look on his face that is almost menacing, like vampiric, because he's right next to Superman's uh, exposed neck. And his muscles are bulging, holding Superman. And then you got Solomon Grundy in the, about the in the background, and he's going to clobber Superman. It, it's just a, and they're in the dark sewer. They're in the water. It's, you know, that you can tell that it's just a, uh, not a bright place. I don't know. It's a, the cover pops for me because it's the blacks and the greens with Superman right in the foreground. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, this cover's great. I mean, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, you can't really go wrong with that guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's one of those guys. It's like, you know, when you think of DC, especially in the 80s, like he's the guy. But yeah, just reiterate everything you said. All the characters look great. Everything looks great. Like you said, it's the location. You don't know where they're at, but it's somewhere like it looks like you said underground in the sewers. And, you know, Superman looks like he's about to take a beating here. <laughs> so this is cool. And not too much going on there. There's a little, uh, you know, a text on there. Superman says, you've always been on the side of good Swamp Thing. So why are you helping Solomon Grundy destroy me? And like you said, uh, Swamp Thing looks, he looks kind of, you know, they, they, they drew him kind of like, you know, like that he's like almost evil in this, uh, on this cover. But, you know, we're going to find out a little different on the inside here, though. Yeah. Well, and another thing that this cover's got that I like is this happens in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, this, yep. this, the, there's a fight that occurs just like this. So mm-hmm. then I, I, I do like that when that happens, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. No bait and switch here. This, that, that nope. it actually, it actually does happen. So yeah. And this one is uh, written by uh stainless Steve Englehart, you know, probably known for most people as, you know, more of a Marvel guy, but he did write for DC. Well, he, you know, he had a pretty famous run on Batman there too with Marshall mm-hmm. Rogers. Um, he's the writer on this one. And then classic DC artist, uh, Murphy Anderson, uh, which, you know, love his work, even, you know, way back into the Silver Age. Love, love, love his work. Any of the books I see, sometimes I'll see a reprint book uh, of some of like the old sci-fi stories that DC uh, reprinted. If I see Murphy Anderson, it's it's coming home with me. Nice. Yeah, I, I like the art in, the, in this book, too. And it's very, uh, I want to say, I don't like to use the word this way, but it's very classic DC look. I mean, this is... The characters all look the way they do in my mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when I think yep. of Swamp Thing, this is the Swamp Thing I think of. And when I think of Grundy, you know, the, it, it's these looks that I think of. Like these models, these models are on point in, mm-hmm. for, my, for my money. Yep. Absolutely agree there. And then uh, Jerry Serpy colors and Ben Oda on letters here. So, all right. Well, if you're ready, I'll just jump in here and do a quick little synopsis and then we'll talk about the book. Yeah, go for it. 
All right, so the book begins already in progress as we see the Man of Steel flying over Metropolis searching for Solomon Grundy. Beneath the streets in the sewers, a tragic figure named Swamp Thing slinks around, reliving his nightmarish origin. He reads a discarded newspaper that tells of a marsh monster. Swampy believes if he can find this creature, it may help him get back to being human again. He then sees Grundy down in the sewers, but then Superman arrives and attacks Grundy. Swamp Thing then stops Superman, trying to reason with him, and Grundy takes advantage and knocks out the Man of Steel. The two monsters go to Swampy's lab <laughs> nearby in the sewers, and he tries some experiments to see if Grundy's physiology can help his case. Superman then takes a sample from the battle uh, of Grundy to Star Labs to see if they can help. Outside, Grundy appears, but Superman easily KOs him. But back underground, we see Grundy is still with Swamp Thing. So back to the street side, Superman sees dozens of Grundies and must deal with them or else. All right, so what did you think of this one? The story itself, it, this is early DC Comics Presents, so it's a little, it's a little hokey mm -hmm. in terms of how they line the stars up to make these things happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, Superman battling... Swallowing Grundy, yeah, all day long I'll take that. Um, Swamp Thing, this early version of him where he um, he doesn't talk really. He, mm -hmm. It's all he's he's only in his head. Thought he bubbles, yeah, thought bubbles. He he commute communicates with you know grunt grunting and sometimes getting a word out, but it's all facial expressions. So that that all works for me. So you put it all together, it it's a good story, and I like the idea that he it's early enough in Swamp Thing's history that uh, you know he he's still trying to become human again. He still doesn't fully understand what's happened to him, mm -hmm. um, and so he's he's built this lab in the Metropolis sewers after reading about the Marsh Monster. Um, yeah, he has Earl Meyer flasks and and scalpels down here. So you know, where did he <laughs> where did he come across all that stuff? But it, it's it's a DC Comics present story, and for my money, it was it's worth the price of admission. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I mean, that very first splash page where it's like split in half. You know, it has Superman on the left and Swamp Thing on the right, and there's some you know classic you know Bronze Age Steve Englehart you know it, it reminds me actually more of a Marvel book where it has all the dialogue there kind of explaining who's doing what and what's going on it's like you know like monologues are there yeah and then I love the 60 deaths of Solomon Grundy and then it has Grundy's face in between his first and last name and he looks all pissed off I love yep. that <laughs> that's really cool yeah. but uh -huh. so, some of the expressions they put he puts on that on Grundy in this comic I mean he's He's menacing. He's dopey looking. It, 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 it it's really done quite well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like I do like on uh, page two there. You know, we have uh, Swamp Thing. He's you know, you know, re uh, recounting his origin there. And I like the way Murphy Anderson has uh, Swamp Thing's face there on the uh, top right panel, and then it shows him on fire jumping into the swamp. I really like that uh, that page as a whole, but definitely that panel there. Yeah, it's it's a great recap. I mean, if you were if you were a kid in 1979 and you're buying this off the rack, you may not know who Swamp Thing is. And in these two panels, 
you get a, a, a great origin, you know, some great mm-hmm. art, you know, you, with Alec Holland on fire. And like you said, the big, you know, front portrait of him and then the, the menacing um, creature on the left there. You, you learn everything you really need to know in, in what, a half pan, two, two half panel pages, you know? Yeah. And, it, and, and it's concise. He's a swamp monster. You get that. He used to be human. Mm-hmm. What more do you need to know, you know? Yeah, yeah. They Again, uh, Englehart and Murphy Anderson do a great job here. Like you said, just one page basically telling his origin and why he is where he is and, and setting yep. up, you know, setting up the whole like him looking for Grundy angle, um, which is pretty cool. But it's funny. They almost reference something in here at some point. Superman does as if this almost is a continuation from another story where he had fought Grundy recently. And I'm thinking, I don't know what that is. I couldn't find any information on any websites or anything, you know, to, to let me know what that was, or if it was just a, you know, he was just kind of whoever, you know, Englehart wrote the story and was just like, yep, they were fighting before. And it's kind of continued from it. I, I couldn't find anything. My, my guess is, is that's, that's exactly what it is. Superman has obviously encountered Grundy in the past and there's no editorial notes Mm-hmm. here to say oh go back and check issue x so i think it's just like you said it is just Engelhart using the situation of the two of them have encountered each other before we're going to build on you know that because obviously this is still in the day and age where the superheroes are always good guys and the villains are always villains. So there's never, it, it's not like somebody's going to think, oh, Grundy was a good guy at some point or something like that. No, it, it's, it's basic enough that I think he's just saying, oh, I saw them in a comic before. We're going to build on that. Yeah. It's, this is a very Bronze Age story. It, very yes. much so. And that's not a, a dig at, you know, uh, Engelhard or Murphy Anderson at all. It's just, it, it's a very Bronze Age story where it's just a one off story. It's crazy. It's got some things, like you said, that don't really make a lot of sense. You know, they, they're reaching on a couple of things, but I, I do like when they're <laughs> when they're in the lab too, and there's a bunch of rats running around, and Grundy starts flipping out because he doesn't like he hates little animals. They bite my feet, and there's rats yeah. running around in Grundy's lab. They're on page seven. <laughs> I like that. That's kind of crazy, but again, that just uh, adds to the craziness of the comic and. That's why I like crazy comics because, you know, stuff like that happens and you're just like, what does that have to do with anything? And then we do get a Lois appearance in this one, too. What did you think of that? <laughs> I I was honestly surprised when she showed up the way she did mm-hmm. because it's at Star Labs where Superman's brought the bag of swamp water, which is mm-hmm. literally a, looks like a plastic bag <laughs> for yeah. Star Labs to develop their their thing to stop Grundy. Yeah. But yeah, she just shows up out of the blue. She's wearing a pretty dress as if like, oh, I knew Superman would be here and we're going to go on a date. Mm. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's fine. You get a nice little back and forth between them for a page. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like it doesn't work. She's a reporter. She she goes where news is. So, yeah, yeah like you said, it's kind of like they're reaching with some of the stuff. It's like, what is she doing there? Did she just happen to show up right at the same time he was there? Or does, you know. Did one of her uh, people at Star Labs tip her off? Hey, Superman's here. Come on over. But yeah, she's got a really like a uh, uh, plunging neckline dress on. And Superman turns and looks at her and goes, oh, hi, Lois. Lois, is that a new dress? <laughs> she goes, ah, you noticed. Now I'm sure you're paying attention to me. 
<laughs> which is great. <laughs> yeah. There, there was one thing I did want to mention earlier back when that Superman Grundy and Swamp Thing are all fighting. Mm-hmm. Superman has a thought to himself about Swamp Thing where he says that Batman says that Swamp Thing was a, a, a good guy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if um, Swamp Thing must have been in a, maybe was in an issue of Brave and the Bold, you know, the Batman team up. Book. Oh, could be. But there's again, there's no editor's note to say, you know, see Brave and the Bold 883, you know, but mm-hmm. Brave, I, I'm, Brave and the Bold had been published earlier than DC Comics Presents. It was still being published. At oh, this yeah. Time. Yep. So it, to me, that's it feels like the perfect opportunity to plug Brave and the Bold there. And yeah, they don't. But I mean, I assume that's where Batman would have encountered Swamp Thing. Um, well, prior and, to this. yeah, yeah, I know he ran into him in uh, is it issue issue like six or seven of that Ween and Wrightson run, but then yeah. you figure that was quite a few years before this, probably six years before this, I I would think, wasn't it? Probably. So yeah, I think you know, I so. I he's talking about that. Yeah, maybe like you said, maybe there was a Brave and Bold or something. But yeah, that is funny that he mentions that. Like you said, a couple of editors' notes could have uh, kind of helped things along a little bit better for sure. Yep. I do like the the whole interaction with um, Swamp Thing and Grundy, where they are in his little laboratory, like you said, with the rats and everything. But <laughs> one of the things we didn't mention, at one point, Swamp Thing gets his arm ripped off. Oh, yeah. O- over the course of these pages, it's growing back. And each each panel it's in, um, he Murphy Anderson draws it getting bigger and bigger, but there's at least two where it's like a little baby's arm and it's almost mm-hmm. comical, you know, because because yeah. Grundy Grundy notices it, he points it out. He says, how is your arm growing back? And Swamp Thing can't communicate with him well, but it's, yeah, it's well done over the course of the, you know, the four or five pages that that they're in that lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love when uh, the rats are trying to bite Grundy. Yeah. Swamp Thing's in the back looking at him and he thinks to himself. Somehow, I have to convince that homicidal monster to let me have a piece of his skin. <laughs> and he has a scalpel, and I'm like, good luck with that. So, of course, he comes out of with a scalpel, and Grundy flips out, and he's like, get out of here. <laughs> yep. And it, and the other thing, Grundy is really violent in this. Mm-hmm. And he he's going to kill and crush. In almost everything he says, he's going to kill something. Yep, um, yep. But, but, yeah, Swamp Thing does get the the whole, you know, sue the savage beast thing going. He does get his sample. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when we first see um, <laughs> the fact that there's another Grundy in the sewers, because we see Swamp Thing with his Grundy. And then in the, in the foreground, there's a, a Grundy hiding in the shadows. So that's mm-hmm. the first time we learn that what's going on here. You know, why are there more than one Solomon Grundy? Yeah, and there's just, uh, that's a really cool panel. And there's just one little... Uh... Uh, uh, text piece there that's like you know dripping and it says but in the ever present shadows and that's all yep. it says and there's the guy standing there that's when it cuts to uh, Star Labs and Superman meeting up with uh, the scientist lady here is her name Dr. Clyburn I think yeah and then yeah. like we like we said she's going to try to whip up some uh, anti-Grundy uh, you know uh, formula here and then that's when Lois comes in <laughs> and yep. distracts Superman for a minute but 
you know, the next thing you know, hey, here's Grundy. And that's again, when I'm thinking to myself, he was just down in the lab. How did he get up here? You know, and then, like we said, it's just Superman knocks him out in like record time. He only gets like one decent shot in on Superman. And then uh, he knocks him out. And we're like, oh, yep. okay. Wow. The end of the story is just that's all that happens. Superman just knocks him out. And again, back to the sewer. And there's Grundy yep. down there. And you're thinking, what in the heck is going on here? And that, and that's one of the things I kind of did like about this comic is it's it's never explained other than there's something in the in the water why all these Grundies exist. Mm-hmm. It's ju- it's just a thing that has happened for this comic. Star Labs does develop a a uh, a formula that that destroys all the Grundies, mm-hmm. but it. It's not like we. This is a four-issue miniseries, you know, where they yeah. they get into detailed explanation of of what caused Metropolis' sewers to grow Solomon Grundy's like you know corn on the cob. <laughs> yeah, it's one. Of, it's one of those issues where when you're a kid, you're going to eat this up. When oh, you get yeah. a little bit older, and you start questioning things, and well, why is this there, and why did that happen, and well, where did that? I mean, when you start asking questions and really put it under a microscope, you're like. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and this is really crazy. But yeah, oh my gosh, can you imagine reading this when you were like ten? You would have been oh, like, yeah. "This is this is the greatest comic ever." <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely got the that it's just it just is, and you either go with it or you don't. And if you go mm-hmm. with it, then it's it's a lot of fun. The panel yeah. where, um, <clears throat> you know, we see the Grundy that was with Swamp Thing takes off and he, he bats Swamp Thing out of his way because now he's pissed and he's going to kill, 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 which is followed by, the, you see all the manholes opening up, each one with a Grundy coming out. And then there's like sort of this classic, I don't know, 50s monster movie pose with the 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 man and woman facing... Yeah. They're facing away from the camera, mm-hmm. witnessing all these Grundies come out in horror, and it it's it's an effective panel. It, it yeah. you know you understand that there is something pretty disturbing about seeing these monsters that Superman was just knocked out by, you mm-hmm. know, a half hour earlier, coming mm-hmm. out of the sewer like this. It's it's horrific in a cartoon sense, and it's done well. Yeah, Superman did make mention earlier in the story, too, when he was fighting Grundy in the sewers, that he makes a mention and says, this isn't the Earth 2 Grundy. This Grundy is much stronger, and, you know, he can actually do what he says he's going to do, that, you know, Superman even kind of fears him. So you figure, if all these Grundys are the same, you know, power level as that guy, the original one, now there's, you know, (laughs) what is there in that picture? At least a dozen of them? Yep. (laughs) So he knows he's in some trouble there, but... He uh, whisks Lois back into Star Labs and says to the doctor, like, hey, please tell me you have that. Uh, <laughs> what does he call it? Uh, he an- does an- call an it antidote. Yeah. Yeah. So, what? yeah, like I said, that's again, this is kind of a reach. Like, where did these Grundies come from? They Were these yeah. people that mutated into the Grundies? Were these, you know, just, uh, you know, how did those Grundies come to be? You just you don't really ever get a really clear explanation on that. But again, it's just. It's one of those things where you just have to uh, suspend uh, belief and just, just roll with it. <laughs> yep. But this, one, it, go ahead. The one thing I thought was odd about this, so the, the comic wraps up. He gets the 
the antidote. He, he takes, you know, he squirts all the the Grundies with it. But at the at the same time, Swamp Thing is kind of on the way out of Metropolis at this point. Mm-hmm. And once again, there's a callback to his origin, and that's the only thing I thought was a little odd that. There's two. There's the callback at the beginning where you learn who Swamp Thing is, but then they do it again, and it just feels unnecessary here. Yeah. Um, it's it's not bad. It just I don't know. It, it feels a little out of place to 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 reference that same Alec Holland on fire going into the swamp again, mm-hmm. other than to point out that Swamp Thing's got one thing on his mind. Yeah, I right. get that Engelhart wanted to have the, you know, end scene here of Swamp Thing, you know, uh, walking off kind of like the, you know, Bill Bixby Hulk moment where he's, you know, yeah. walking off with the sad music. I, I get that part, but to yep. use this to get to that part is kind of weird. It doesn't make sense because I'm thinking to myself, like Swamp Thing, what were you going to do to stop, you know, 30 homicidal maniacs, Solomon Grundy's running around Metropolis. You know, what was your big idea to, to stop yeah. them? Cause he kind of gets like sad that Superman's going to pretty much destroy all of them, except the original, you know, and he kind of, that's when he kind of, you know, thinks to himself, like, you know, I have to stop Superman, not even a monster wants to die. You know, and then he said, like, you know, that part happens, like you said, where he's, you know, running towards Superman and you get the call back to his origin where he's, you know, in flames there. But before he can get to Superman, Superman's just whoosh. And zips yep. around and takes care of them all. And then uh, Superman thinks to himself, I wouldn't want to hurt Swamp Thing by mistake. Maybe I'll be able to help him someday. And then that's when we get the the sad Hulk music here with <laughs> Grundy, who, yep. or I'm sorry, not Grundy, Swamp Thing, who went back down into the sewers and uh, walks off. And it, I like how it said for Len, Bernie, and Joe there in that final panel. That was really cool. I like that. Yeah, that was, that was a nice send-off for sure. And the... <clears throat> I, I like these team up stories that aren't quite as formulaic as they are a lot of times where the, the two different heroes meet under some auspicious circumstance, work together and save the day. This Mm -hmm. is more of a non-standard team up where Swamp Thing was actually kind of working against Superman still for the greater good, but working against superman um and not you know oh together we'll stop grundy kind of thing yeah you know what i mean it's it's a it's a little bit different and maybe that's mm-hmm. swamp thing at the time was still a little he's still kind of an off the beaten path hero you know so maybe oh, that's yeah. why they kind of took this direction that it's you know it's not superman and batman going to stop the joker so mm-hmm. Yeah, this it was a it was a very different way to do this story. Like you said, yeah. it wasn't your typical team up of two heroes and let's team up against a threat. It was you know a hero, a villain, and then you know honestly another hero. But I don't know if you want to say just misunderstood type hero or something like that that was kind of wedged in yeah. between those two people. But yeah, it was it was pretty good in that respect. I liked it. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's it's it's, it's a. I, I like DC Comics Presents quite a bit. I like the mm-hmm. the Superman team-ups, the, especially the early ones. Um, but this one, it, it's just different enough that, to me, it stands out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. So, any final thoughts on this one? 
Uh, no, I, I think I've said everything I need to say. It's two thumbs up. If you get the chance to read it, it's worth checking out. Yeah, and I'm reading it on the, the DC uh, Infinite app. So, you know, if you don't have that, it's, you know, you know again, you and I talked a little bit before we start recording. It's a, it's a really cool, uh, it's a good deal, man. It's like eight bucks a month and there's a crap load of comics on there and they're adding more yeah. here and there every once in a while. Even just what's on there now is to me is worth eight bucks a month, you know, especially if you're, you don't have a ton of DC back issues. I mean, they have stuff all the way back into the golden age on here that you can't find even in a reprint probably for, you know, anything affordable. So it's, you know, like New York world's fair number two is on there. Like, you know, good luck. <laughs> good luck. That's finding awesome. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you go yep. all the way back to the golden age, it's, it's definitely well worth your time. Yeah, it definitely is. And especially if you're following other comic blog uh, podcasts or blogs and want to check mm-hmm. out the, the things they're talking about um that's what i use it for a lot and it, mm-hmm. when somebody's it, you know if i don't have the book that i'm hearing or reading about it's a nice place to check those things out yeah and i don't know how they decide what they put on because they do have some longer running titles but they don't have like the full run there'll be some yeah. gaps here and there but it still is a lot like even the action comics and detective comics you know the the very long running series for dc there are really huge chunks of those books on there so you can like i said you can read golden age silver age bronze age you know all the way up to newer stuff they have on there so you know anything new they even have on there you can read you know i think it's it's not right away they have it on there but it's you know not too long no i i I think for new books it's still the three or six months delay right but the yeah the digital first books are there right away Mm-hmm. Um, like the the challenge of the super super sons that I just read, I think that was first showed up there, and then in print six months later, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, there are some digital first books that they're working on. Yeah, that's always cool too. When you get you can get content, you can only get there. That's another good driver to get people to get it. But oh, and before I forget, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my first experience ever with Swamp Thing was the movie. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. That, that was my first ever, that's the first time I ever heard of Swamp Thing, saw him, because I did watch the cartoon, like, Super Friends, but I don't think he was ever on that, was he? I don't, no, I don't think he was ever on Swamp, on, on Super Friends. He did have that cartoon, I think, in the 90s, right? In the late yeah. 90s? Yep, yeah. yeah, that came in the 90s, yeah, so, yeah, him and, uh, I think that was 82 when that movie came out, so there's quite an education for me as a, a, a young lad, uh, seeing Swamp Thing and adrian barbeau as well so you know now have have you seen both of them (laughs) i have not seen the second one in its entirety i have not i i came to those movies quite late in life actually Mm -hmm. um and i swamped the second one i saw for the first time well it was sometime i watched it during the pandemic i don't remember exactly when Mm -hmm. and it obviously it's it it's no secret. The second one is not nearly as good as the first, mm-hmm. but it is a pretty fun movie. If you just sit back and, you know, let it be what it is. It's mm-hmm. pretty entertaining um, for sure. It's so I, I would, I would say, check it out at some point when you can sit down and, you know, watch it for an hour and a half. It's, it, it's, it's worth seeing as a fan of Swamp Thing and, and goofy stories. I will have to give it a watch then. I'm sure it's available somewhere. I can just uh, a yeah. streaming streaming service somewhere or whatever. But uh, all right, well, let's transition into something else here. So um, 
why don't you talk about your blog for a minute here? Why don't we talk about that? So thank you. I do have a blog, comics, comics, comics dot blog. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to write for it more than I do. Um, but I do have some ideas of things I do want to write about um, coming up. And there are some SBTU uh, posts on there as well that I've been a part of for the last couple of years. So I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. It's, the site itself is kind of my comics collecting journal. I write about uh, the books that I really get a kick out of. Um, I've tried out some different things when I was uh, getting my comics weekly. I, I tried a couple times to write about some of my favorite books of the week. I couldn't stick with that just because I don't have the discipline to write every week. Um, but it, it's it's a collecting journal. So I, it's me writing about whatever books I've bought recently or read recently that I just really liked and wanted to, I don't know, put out into the void a little bit more of my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Superblog team up, the latest one was uh, about uh, George Perez, and you did a uh, a really cool uh, tribute to him on there. I mean, you have, you know, uh, Justice League, which obviously that's probably what most people that and Teen Titans know him from. But, you know, you even have a little bit of his Avengers from the Bronze Age there, I see. I mean, you know, you really uh, you really try to give it a, a good tribute to him, and, and rightly so. He's a great guy. Oh, thank you again. That 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 thing we did for George Perez was a lot of fun um, because I don't think there's a comic fan of our vintage that doesn't appreciate something George Perez did. You mm-hmm. know, myself, like I wrote about, I came to him when my brother was buying the Teen Titans. We both read Crisis. Um you know, I bought the Wonder Woman series. So he's somebody I've liked and whose work I've appreciated most of my life. Uh Uh, You know, even his work late in life, it's still dynamite and fun to look at. So that, that event was a lot of, a lot of fun. And and the people we are in the group with, there were, there were a lot of good pieces Uh um, worth checking out for sure. So I, I I would definitely recommend checking out that hashtag Superblog Team Up for mm-hmm. some uh, some good George Perez uh, send ups. Yeah, I met him one time, and he was literally the nicest creator I ever met. Um, he had a humongous line. This is out of New York Comic Con, so of course it's busy, and he had a huge line. But he was at a table and was doing sketches and taking pictures and signing books and just being the nicest guy ever. And as I was waiting in line, one of the uh, people there, you know, at the convention to help out that was just, you know, stationed at his table all day. Uh, I said, wow, you know, he's really working hard. And it was when he was having trouble with one of his eyes as well. So basically the guy was working with one eye doing all this. Wow. And yeah, it was crazy. And the, the, the person said to me, yeah, he said, uh, I've been with him all day here because this was heading towards like supper time. And he said he hasn't even got up to use the restroom he's just been all day here talking to people smiling taking pictures signing things and just i was just like wow you know this this is a guy that really loves what he does and loves being around fans so that's wow yeah it's it's a little unique i i had the same experience i i got him to sign a book in baltimore and it was it was the exact same thing it was a huge line Mm -hmm. he was 
chatty with the fans. Um, I don't remember him doing sketches, but he was signing a lot, and there was a like a big line, and he had he had to go to a, a panel, and he said, but he told he had the people he told the people in line, and had the his handlers tell the people that he will be back. He'll sign everything. You can either wait, you can come back in an hour, and sure enough, he he did come back. The line was long again, but he he seemed genuinely thrilled. To be talking with the fans, meeting those, you know, all the men and women and kids that were waiting in line. And, he, you know, he did it all day with a smile on his face. Definitely a genuine guy that that appreciates appreciates the fans, but, you know, just is a happy dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very positive attitude. Very nice yeah. guy. Very hardworking guy. Yeah, his work ethic is you know, like no other was a super, yeah. super guy. And uh, that's, yeah, that, like you said, go, if you go to Twitter and search hashtags and search super blog team up, or even just hashtag SBTU, you'll see, uh, uh all the stuff that came out just, you know, a, a couple weeks after, you know, we're recording or a couple weeks before, uh, we recorded this. So yeah, yeah. fantastic stuff. So, all right, my friend. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. This was a blast. Uh, you know, maybe in the future too, we can uh, find out something else to talk about. Like we kicked around a couple of things, but this is what we settled on there. So, uh, you know, maybe that one other book we talked about, we can uh, talk about in the future. Maybe we can go down that road. Yeah, I'd love to. I had a really great time. Thanks for having me on. Um, I uh, it was it was nice to finally talk to you after you know interacting on Twitter and online after quite some time that we have been. Um, there was a lot of fun. So yeah, but I would love to talk about that other book. I've mm-hmm. got, a, I've got a good story about that one too. Oh, cool. Cool. So, and if somebody's looking to find you on social media, where can they find you as well? Uh, go to on Twitter, mostly, uh, at big ox seven thirty seven. Okay. Yeah. That's where you're pretty active. Me too. That's where a lot yeah. of us are. So yeah, definitely go, uh, look for Jeremiah there. And again, thank you for being on. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, and I'll be back to wrap things up in just a second. Time Grundy laid low, waiting for this night. Now it's here! At last. Rise, obey your master and rise. Now the world belongs to the undead with Grandia's chains. You've chosen a poor spot for your kingdom, Solomon Grundy. The swamp is my domain. Swamp man. Actually, it's Swamp Thing. But you know how it is with nicknames. Someone just called me that and it stuck. up episode 35 i did want to point out i finally got an email for feedback and of course it's from the awesome mark gray my good buddy and uh 
one of my uh, co-hosts for uh, A World on Fire, an All-Star Squadron podcast. Uh, he actually wrote in about episode 33, which was uh, Max from Weird Warriors uh, podcast and I talking about uh, the Witching Hour number one. Uh, he said, thanks for a great episode. And he said, lovely to have Max join you on the broom, Billy. <laughs> I bought the Witching Hour for years and have showcased volume of his first several issues. The first cover I ever saw was number eight in a DC house ad, and it freaked me out. He said, uh, I've only just noticed there may have been a hidden witch shape in the logo where the T and C meet, with the former being a pointy hat and the latter a gnarled face. Probably not, but I've been looking for these things ever since someone pointed out a possible fish on the queue of the classic Aquaman logo. And I will definitely have to check that out, because I did not notice that. Uh, Mark goes on to say, the framing sequence is a hoot until the end of part one arrives. The final two panels with the looming witches addressing us are scarier than all the stories that follow put together. Yeah, and he's not kidding there. Uh, Alex Toth, you know, was very good, and he goes on to say that as well. And then uh, he says it's almost as horrific as Marvin from Super Friends, (laughs) and I agree with that. He says, which isn't to say he didn't like the stories. He said, Pat Boyette's art in Save the Last Dance for me and he said surely the title came first for Danny O'Neill here, is indeed terrific. And he said, did you notice O'Neill and Giordano on the lackeys' lab coats? I wonder if Boyette and Dick Giordano shared a studio. The colors were outstanding too. And I went back and looked at that too, and that made me laugh, the names on the jackets. That was funny. And he says, Cynthia's story is the worst. (laughs) The landing is far from stuck. Presumably the waves are going to go on forever. But the story needed a big moment when the horror of recognition arrives for the characters and is made clear to the reader. Mind, that's a marvelous old hag from Jack Sparling. I liked his brief period drawing the Silver Age Green Lantern after Gil Kane left. And he said, Eternal Hour was the standout so far as the art goes. Alex Toth gave it a great cod medieval vibe. And he said the story was okay. And uh, thanks for uh, sending an email, Mart. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, as all podcasters do, they love feedback. So, again, uh, if anybody wants to send any feedback for the show, they can uh, send it to magazinesandmonsters at gmail.com or to me on Twitter at BillyD underscore Licious, you know, a DM or, you know, on the episode, you know, leave a comment when I put it out there on Twitter or on the Facebook page. Uh, just uh, go to Facebook and search Magazines and Monsters, and uh, you'll find that as well. All right, so that wraps up this episode, and there should be another episode coming out real soon. You know, I'm still going to go weekly at some point, I believe, but not quite yet. I'm thinking sometime in April that'll happen. So, you know, when that does happen, it's going to kick into high gear and plenty of comics and some movies sprinkled in as well, especially a lot of Hammer. So, once again, thank you, Jeremiah, for being on the show. Greatly appreciate it. Great guest, good guy. Uh, Look him up on Twitter. It's in the show notes and his blog as well. Thanks, everybody. Take care.